0: Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ, and they grow together into fully devoted followers of him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Good morning! morning. How is everyone today? Wow, good. Glad you're so good. It is such a privilege to be here with you this morning here in this room at West Campus and online. I'm so glad that you have joined us. My name is Jessica Stafford. I'm the Executive Director of Family Ministry here, and it is always a privilege to just be here with you um, in this room. I love being here. Hey, if you're online, it is Communion Sunday, so make sure if you haven't done so already to grab your bread and your juice so that you can celebrate with us later on this morning. So Dale and Trevor are both on vacation, and so I have the privilege of kicking off our new sermon series today that we are calling Speak Lord. And you know, now that it's, today is 4th of July, I feel like that's like the heart of summer, right? So I feel like the quintessential summer day. Um, But it's kind of weird this year because my kids, they've been in public school, and so they've only been off for like two weeks. Anyone else? Right? So we're still figuring out, like, what is summer going to look like? We're working on our rhythms. We're trying to figure out how life is working with both of them home from school. My husband and I both still working, and they've been spending a lot of time together. Like, a lot of time together. And for two sisters, five and eight, there have been some relational dynamics that we've been having to negotiate. I don't know if any of you can relate. Um, But one of the things that we have been having to work on the most with them is the consistent interrupting of each other. Does anyone else have kids who constantly interrupt each other? No? Just my kids? Okay. (laughs) So... One of them will start talking, the other one jumps in, and then suddenly they're fighting about who was talking first, and it just dissolves into a normal sister sort of argument conversation. So my husband and I decided, okay, we are laying down the law on this. There is going to be no more interrupting of your sister. When someone starts telling a story, you do not talk until they finish the story. That's reasonable, right? Does this sound okay? So we planned this, but I'm here to tell you, As your director of family ministries and where I should be imparting parental parenting wisdom to you, don't be so quick with the rules you lay down. Because what has actually happened in our house is we've created an environment that is ripe for filibusters. (laughs) Sounds like everyone's familiar with what a filibuster is? If you're not sure, and it is 4th of July, let's take a little rabbit trail down American government and history. A filibuster is used in the Senate when a senator basically doesn't want a bill or an act or a law to go to a vote, right? There's been some legislation kicked around about it in the current events, but it used to be that the only way to filibuster was a senator would take the floor, start talking, and for as long as they were talking, no one else could do anything. Nothing could be voted on. They were just creating all of these delays. In case you're wondering... The longest single filibuster ever in history was by Strom Thurmond, a senator from South Carolina, and he started speaking at 8.54 p.m. on August 28, 1957, and he lasted until 9.12 p.m. the following day. All of you doing the math right now, let me save you a minute. It's 24 hours and 18 minutes that he talked If you want to know what he talked about, apparently he made his case against the bill. Then he went on to read the Declaration of Independence, the election laws of each of the states in alphabetical order, a U.S. Supreme Court ruling, the U.S. Bill of Rights, George Washington's farewell address, amongst other things. He had apparently planned ahead. He brought dried steak and pumpernickel bread to keep his energy up, and he only yielded the floor one time to use the restroom. He told people that he had taken many steam baths in the day leading up to it to remove the extra fluids from his body. So, the more you know. But back to my girls and the filibusters. We made this rule. You can't talk while the other sister is talking. So now they've realized that if they start talking, no one's going to be allowed to interrupt them until they're done talking. So they have perfected the art of starting a story and then embellishing it with as many needless details as you may want to hear, and they might have started talking about something that happened at the park, but they're going to finish by listing all of the books on their bookshelf and the colors in their crayon box, and they're going to just keep talking so that no one else can. (laughs) You know, this most often seems to happen to us in the car because, you know, you're trapped. So the other day, I'm listening to this in the back seat. I'm kind of tuning out because, you know, I'm only human. And I just, this thought popped into my mind. And I was thinking about do I ever do that? Just keep talking and talking and talking when I'm praying to God? Because I like to talk to him, I love to pray and I love to bring up the people that I'm praying for and the situations I need him to intervene in and the ways I want him to help and the plans that I would like him to enact in the order that I'm laying them out before him. (laughs) But I don't always remember to stop and give him a chance to speak. You know, I think like most of you probably, I want God to speak into my life You know, how many of us joke that we would do exactly what God wanted if he plastered it up on a billboard, right, sent us a text message or an email, called on that red phone from heaven. I want to hear his voice. But sometimes wanting that and actually hearing it or knowing how to hear him can be two very different things. And so this month, for the month of July, we are addressing that gap between wanting to hear God's voice and knowing how to actually hear him. We're doing it through this sermon series called Speak Lord. You know, with each of our sermon series, we always choose a theme verse to focus around, to try and memorize, to hide God's word in our heart. And I love the one we've chosen for this series. It's short. It's easy to memorize. It's a great prayer for us to just be praying together this month. And it's 1st Samuel 3:9. It'll be up on the screen and let's go ahead and read it out loud together. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So we're going to jump in today by looking at the passage that this verse comes from. So grab your app, your sermon notes, wherever you take notes, and we are going to read together 1st Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. And in this passage, we're going to hear the story of how God was calling and speaking to kind of an unlikely character, a 12-year-old boy, and see what we have to learn from that today. So let's read chapter 3, starting in verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. So today's message is called, Can You Hear Me Now? And let's begin by praying together. Uh, Father God, I am so grateful that you are a God who wants to speak to us, so grateful that you are not some just distant presence overseeing everything, but that you are near and personal and that you want to be involved in our lives. God, help us right now just to open our hearts, our minds, our ears. Help us be open to what you have to say to us today how you want to grow us or challenge us or encourage us. And God, may every word that comes from my mouth today be of you and not of me. We love you, Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we have got Samuel, who is serving Eli, the priest who's going blind. He hears God calling him in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, first of all, the way he responded, here I am, you called me. Like, let's get a little more of that in my house. But also, three different times you're going to come wake me up. I don't know about that. So he is coming to Eli, and God clearly has something to say to Samuel. He tried to get his attention three separate times, which I, for one, am grateful that God will not just skip over us once we haven't responded the first time. But continues to try and get our attention. Now, here's something I want to make sure you caught in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I think it's so interesting that God was calling Samuel and had a message for him, even when Samuel didn't even know him yet. And in the same way, God is already speaking to us. He's already speaking to you even if you're not sure where you're at on your faith journey, even if you're not sure exactly what you believe about Jesus, or you're still kind of figuring those things out, God is still already speaking to you. Now, hold on. I feel some of the eyebrows raising. Maybe online, you're a little skeptical. You're like, yeah, okay, God's speaking to me. And I get that because there is a time I didn't really believe this. I thought that when someone said, God is speaking to me, that they were like, maybe a little like, maybe drink like the wrong coffee this morning or something. But as I've matured, I realized that God does speak to people. But I figured, yeah, he speaks to people. He speaks to pastors. He speaks to worship leaders. He speaks to nuns and monks. He speaks to important people and leaders, but not to me, not to ordinary people. And then I realized again as I grew and as I got to know God that He does speak to us. You know, it's not always a voice. God is all powerful, He's unlimited, He's creative. He can speak through dreams and visions, through angels, through miracles. He spoke through the mouth of a donkey in one story in the Old Testament, right? So if He wants to speak to us, He will. And we see him using all of those ways, dreams and visions in Scripture, and we believe that he still does speak to us today through those forms of communication. But we also believe that the most sure way to hear from God is to hear his voice in his word, through Scripture. You know, God speaks to us through the Bible. It's not just a random collection of 66 books and letters that happen to end up in one binding, right? Right? I love how the author of Hebrews describes scripture in chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, it's amazing how scripture that is thousands of years old, when you read it, can sound like it was written yesterday. The things that are addressed in scripture, like about unity and trying to live against the culture and ways that we need to learn to put God first and the temptations we face. Although our world now is so different from when it was written thousands of years ago, scripture still speaks to us today. I love how when you read scriptures over the years and you you come back to read a passage that you've read maybe 20 times, and sometimes I'll think, well, I've read this. I know exactly what happens here. What more could God have to say to me? And yet every time, as that verse says in Hebrews, the word of God is living and active. It still speaks to us today. You know, I think that um, sometimes there are some of us who have been carrying something around, a question or a situation, something where we're like, okay, God, I, I believe that you speak to people, but I need you to speak into this. Like many of us have that one spot where we're like, but tell me what to do here. Speak to this place. And sometimes I think maybe God has already spoken to us about that thing, whatever it is that you're carrying, but we just haven't been listening or looking in the right spot. Um, Rick Warren, who's a pastor out in California, says that maybe sometimes we need to stop waiting for a voice and start looking for a verse. So God is already speaking to us, but it's not just about the message. Like He doesn't just want to make sure you get the content he has for you. He's not just sitting in Telegram, but he wants you to recognize his voice. God wants a personal relationship with you where you know his voice because he already knows yours. Um, In our passage, we see that God calls Samuel three different times. But he doesn't actually give the message until Samuel recognizes who is speaking. Look back at verse 10. It says, The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And that's when the Lord gives him the message. He didn't give him the message the other times when He was just calling Samuel. He waited for Samuel to respond, acknowledging who was speaking. Then God gives him a message, which is not great news for Eli and his family. kind of pronounces a really strict judgment on them, but it's not about the content right now. (laughs) He didn't give him the message until Samuel recognized who was speaking. Jesus even talks about this in John 10, 27, when he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, sheep are kind of dumb creatures. (laughs) They're scared, they scatter, they don't follow directions well, and they only listen to the voice of a shepherd that they know. They won't just come to any old shepherd. They know that the shepherd's voice that they recognize is the one that will keep them safe. And so in the same way, we have to know what our shepherd's voice sounds like so we can recognize it amongst the cacophony of voices we are bombarded with every day. Think about that moment when you pick your phone up for the first time in the morning. Immediately, you have text messages waiting for you. You have emails, you have personal emails, work emails, you have social media notifications, you have news apps, all of these things that are competing for our attention, trying to speak into our lives. We have to choose who to listen to and what to believe. Otherwise, one of those voices that's trying to get in is going to end up being what shapes your experience. Stephen Furtick, who's a pastor at Elevation Church, says that the voice you believe will determine the future you experience. And I don't know about you, but I want my future to be determined by God's voice. You know, really, it's the more we read scripture that helps us know what God's voice sounds like. Because we start to hear the things he says and does. And we know how to recognize his voice. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Enneagram. It's a personality typing system where everyone is divided into nine different types. And so I am a type one perfectionist, although I prefer reformer, please. And the most distinct characteristic of a person who identifies as a type one is that they have a very strong inner critic. So what that means is that in my daily experience, I always have this voice, this narrative of the things I'm doing wrong. I'm always thinking about what should I have done better? What did I do wrong? Who did I offend? Why didn't I do that? And this voice is just like kind of beating me up for all these different things I didn't do the right way. And for a long time, I thought that was God. I thought God was just pointing out all the different places that I could be better, that I just needed to work harder to do those things better. And it took me really getting into the scriptures, really learning the sorts of things God says, the way Jesus related to people, to be able to say that that voice is not from God. You know, I never in scripture encountered a Jesus who would tell me that I was a bad mom. I never encountered a Jesus who would tell me that I'm just not enough, that I'll never be able to do that right. He never condemned me, and that voice I was hearing was constantly doing that. You know, I had to realize that so that I could distinguish the voice that is the Lord's and the voice that is from the enemy. I mean, sure, Jesus convicts me for sure. He tells me when I need to go apologize to my kids for being impatient or when I need to go to a friend and ask forgiveness. It's not always sunshine and lollipops, but he never condemns. He never, after talking to Jesus, am I left feeling that pit in my stomach. He never tears down. God wants to build us up. And you know, I want to challenge some of you, as we're talking about listening to the words of God By that I mean in the most literal sense, reading the words of God, not just devotionals, not just Bible studies, not just Christian books, but the word of God, the Bible. Not that any of those things are bad, but God wants to speak directly to you, not just through other people. And so I would challenge you to pick up the actual scriptures and start learning to recognize God's voice. In verses 8 and 9, we see the Lord calling Samuel a third time. It says, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Eli finally realizes that the Lord is the one calling Samuel. And so he decides that he needs to teach Samuel the posture to take, how to learn to listen to God. So we're going to take a few minutes now, and I'm going to be Eli, the blind old priest, teaching you, Samuel, a posture that works for me when I am trying to listen to the voice of God. I think that two things are essential in this, a plan and a place. After what I've shared about myself, it shouldn't surprise you that I think you need a plan. (laughs) But you know, there's no use in just flipping open the Bible randomly and pointing somewhere and expecting to hear God just speak to you through the random verse you've selected. We need to have a plan so that we're reading through the scriptures in a logical way. And luckily for you, at Community of Hope, many of us use the Word of God speak reading plan. This is a great place to start because it's just one chapter of reading a day. And it's a quarterly plan, and we just started part three on July 1st, so it's a perfect place to jump in. If you're here in person, you can grab a bookmark on your way out. It's also on the YouVersion app by just searching Word of God Speak part three, and you can jump right in to read one chapter a day. We also need to have a place, so a place where you go to listen to God. This isn't like a magical place. It's not holier than any other spot in your house, but it helps to have a consistent spot to create that expectation that when I come here, I'm here to learn from God. Did you hear how many times in those verses of Samuel it said, Eli went back to his place, Samuel went to his place. They positioned themselves in a place to listen to God. You know, it might even be your car. I know some people that they will listen to the YouVersion app, reading the Bible reading for that day on their way to work, and then they just park outside of their work for a few extra minutes and talk to God about what they read. This doesn't have to be like this big, involved, have to create a space, but just a spot you go. So my place is in the corner of my office. I have my little chair set up and my little stack of books, and this is where I go to hear from God. This is where I sit, I read God's word, and then I journal. So this is the next step after you have your plan and your place. I have found that reading God's word is the huge first step. But then to really hear his voice, to really hear what it means in my life, I have to journal about it and take time to get into the word. At Community of Hope, um, many of us use the SOAP acronym as we journal. And we even teach this in Kids of Hope. We teach our little kids. We teach our upper elementary schoolers. and youth, they talk about it. And side note, if you're a parent, teaching your kids to hear God's voice is probably the most important thing you can do for them. And this is a great way to start doing that together and growing your faith together as a family. So we use the SOAP acronym. It's very simple. The S stands for scripture. So you've read your one chapter. And as you're reading, you just pick something that jumped out at you. You don't even have to know the reason why it jumped out at you or just something that made you pause for a moment, something you loved, something you have a question about, just something that stood out. Maybe one verse, maybe two. Maybe it's a word or two. And you write that in your journal. With your S. I still, like, I write the letters S-O-A-P in my journal and use this structure to help me. And then the O is for observation. So the observation is just basically um, facts about the reading, what you notice about it. I kind of think of this as like my warm-up into my journal. So it's very simple. A couple sentences. It may be like Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He is explaining to them... Um, There are characteristics they need to look for in church leaders. It's just basic little facts. Then you get to your A for application, where you're thinking about how it applies to your life. And then the P stands for closing it out in prayer. You know, this is not a magic formula, but it's part of just putting you into that posture to hear from God. And sometimes using that framework can take some of the guesswork out of it, so it frees up some of your mind to just hear from the Lord. The most important part of that journaling framework is the application. So every day when I get to that application part, and I've used this framework for years And still, every day when I get to the application, I write out a question in my journal. And I write, Lord, how do you want to apply this to my life? Every day, same question. Like, I know the question by now, but I still write it every day because this is what I'm after. I write that question, and then I just pause. And I just sit. And I wait for whatever just kind of pops up in my mind. However God wants to speak to me, he speaks through this question. You know, this, this is my current journal. I have shelves of them at home. But this is where I meet with God. This is where he encourages me. He challenges me. He corrects me. This is where God reminded me of his goodness through the journey of grief after losing my mom. This is where he challenged our family to step into fostering and then helped us know it was time to take a break for a season. This is where he leads me into deeper faith or even just tells me that I am loved as I am. This is where I meet with the Lord when I show up. You know, I'm not saying that every day is going to be groundbreaking and holy and amazing, right? You know, I'm just a normal person. I turn my alarm off some days. (laughs) I just maybe don't feel like I get anything out of it some days. Sometimes I'm actually making my grocery list in my head as I read. I'm just a normal person. (laughs) And then some days, no matter how early I get up, it does not matter because I always have friends who join me as I'm journaling and take away a little bit of the calm and quiet. (laughs) You can't see it, but the other dog is actually in there too, behind the big fluff ball. (laughs) So things interfere. Every day is not going to be perfect, and that's okay. It's not about perfection. It's not about checking the box every day. It's not about doing the right thing so that God will show up. It's about us showing up, positioning ourselves on a regular basis in a posture of expectation like Eli taught Samuel to do. And, you know, if you've never done this before, it might feel a little awkward. That's okay. If you haven't done it in a while, maybe it feels a little weird. That's okay. Lean in. Let it feel a little bit weird, like you're not quite sure what you're doing. That's all right. It's like when you start a new um, eating plan or a new exercise, right? Like the first couple days, you're like, am I doing this right? I don't know. But you have to show up day after day so that you can see the long-term results. And it's the same with getting into God's word. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And as they do that, I want to share just a quote I read this week from a book called Taking God at His Word. It said this, Sticking with the scriptures may seem like a light thing now, but we will feel the weight of it someday. There will come a time when it will be shown whether our lives were founded upon trivialities or realities. So let us not weaken in our commitment to our unbreakable Bible. God has spoken, and through that revelation, he still speaks. Guys, I don't, I don't want you to miss this, because God, the creator of the universe, the author of all wisdom, the commander of angel armies, wants to speak personally into our lives. What a privilege that is. So I want to challenge us all, everyone in this room, everyone watching online, to lean in for the month of July, to commit to reading the scripture together this month, to commit to asking God, how do you want to apply this to my life? And to saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Father God, You're just so good, and it just blows my mind every time I come to meet with you to read your word that you show up there. You tell us in your scriptures that if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us, and that promise is so true. God, I pray for everyone here, everyone watching and listening. Would you just create in us a love for your word, God? Would you meet us there as we step in, as we maybe just dip a toe in the water of reading your scriptures. Come alongside those who are not sure but are willing to take a chance and show up, God. We know that your scripture, your word can change our lives and we want our lives to be shaped by you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray, amen.